All right, welcome to the Meadow Report. Um, my name is Elizabeth Pudwell. And I'm Vanessa Cassani. And Vanessa and I created the Meadow Report as a modern version of the tribal communication style of women when they would go out into the meadow to collect their food and water and come back and share what they found with the tribe. And so we want to go out into our lives, out into our world, and then bring back to our tribe um, you know, the information that we find, things that we think are important. Yes, and we talk a lot about motherhood and spirituality and everything in the home and things that are trending, a good variety for Parenting, beauty, you know, Uh we're going to do some, uh, I really want to do a a whole podcast on hair. I think women and their hair is so interesting, so (laughs) we're going to do that. But today, um, so this is the week before Easter. Next week is, uh, next next Sunday, Sunday. a week from tomorrow is Sunday. Tomorrow is Palm Sunday. And um, when we were, when Vanessa and I were first creating this whole podcast, we were like, I was like, I want to do something on spirituality in the way that there's all these different holidays that we have, Christmas and Easter specifically, Mm -hmm. that the whole country celebrates and people that are not religious, they're religious holidays. They are created around the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. They are about Christ. And yet... There's a whole bunch of people who celebrate these holidays who don't believe in God, that don't practice Christianity. I don't, I mean, I would imagine there's people who don't even know what Christ is. I don't know. But Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that don't participate in that, yet they celebrate it. And then there's people who do believe in it and and also celebrate it. So we're going to create a conversation around that. We have two guests here today. So um, we have my neighbor, Katie Castillo, who has prayed with me. And when I need, when people reach out to me a lot and say, will you put um, so-and-so on a prayer list? Then this is, this is one of the first people I go to. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's nice. Yeah. And um, then we also have Cameron and Cameron has a podcast. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast and how you started it? Yeah, sure. My name is Cameron Deason-Hammond. Um, I'm a writer and a musician. Um, I am the host of the Ish podcast. Um, I'm also an author. I have a memoir coming out in October about religion and spirituality, ironically. And here we are. Um, <laughs> so I started the podcast with my friend Luke Bronner um, because I actually had hired Luke to produce a podcast for um, the church that I do music for. And we got to talking and he said, have you ever thought of doing a podcast? And I was like, no, why Mm -hmm. would I do a podcast? And he just sort of thought, oh, I think you'd be good at it. So then of course the wheel started to turn and I thought, you know, I love talking to people. What, what would I want to talk to people about? Um, and it was sort of right after the, the 2016 election. And I felt like everyone was so divided and there was just we're and we're still in this culture of polarity everything is you know binary yes Yes. no in Uh out Mm -hmm. and I have felt myself drawn to the middle and drawn to the ish sort of in many different areas of life you know the gray Um, Mm -hmm. I'm an artist and I'm interested in transitional space right so I thought oh well what if we had a podcast about liminal transitional space in all things, politics, religion, love, relationships, you know. So he liked that idea, and we were off to the races. And it's kind of evolved into um, a podcast that's focused on authors. I interview authors a lot. Um, I was writing a book and public- and selling the book and editing it while we were doing a podcast. So I was just drawn to people who were doing things that I wanted to learn how to do. 
Right. Um, so I talk to writers a lot, and um, yeah, that's the ish. That's me. I that's love cool. it. Yeah. 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 It's very interesting, very um, intellectual uh, podcast. Yeah, and I've and I've heard a few of your episodes, and they're really good. Thank so you. Yeah, for sure, go check it out. Thanks. And we'll uh, get her information at the end so that you guys can go and find the ish. And Katie, why don't you introduce yourself and tell our audience what you do? Katie Castillo. I work for the city of Houston, part time, admin, and. Um, that's what I do. <laughs> Katie's also the matriarch of a family. She's got a, quite a little family down the street. We're neighbors as well, but we also met at church. Yes, I do have um, a family, a daughter, and she has three children, um, adult children now. And I have a great grandchild, so I my life is full but most of my time is really spent in the ministry, uh-huh. uh, the Stephen ministry at our church. And um, that's where most of my time is dedicated. Tell and us what the Stephen's ministry is and what you guys do. The Stephen ministry is a one-to-one relationship with um, a person that is going through a crisis of I'm a Stephen minister, and I was trained um, in depth to mm-hmm. be able to be paired up with a woman. It's always man to, you know, male to gender male. Gender to gender, yes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I've been doing that for the past four years. It's been very interesting um, to see women really go through be able to to speak of their issues with someone who you know we keep it very confidential and um eventually they they kind of you you walk with them mm-hmm. you you walk with them through that journey to that darkness or to that mm-hmm. um those pains and eventually they talk and we pray with them um encouragement uh referrals and it, it's just been very rewarding because they they um just walk out into the light and they're that's behind them and they're ready to to move forward most of the time what we find is that the issues that they're talking about today really stem from something in their past yeah in their past and, and and so going through this today is actually bringing them a closure from something from in something yeah. in, in, in their their past that yeah. was devastating to them so it's been great so it sounds like you're very good at connecting and developing some trust with these with these parishioners exactly elizabeth um it's you do start out letting them know that it's confidential mm-hmm. so that they can trust the trust factor is so important uh, because a lot of times they really don't want anyone else uh, their family to know mm-hmm. um, we don't involve the whole family we deal one-to-one right if there are issues that are deeper that for uh, a licensed counselor 
and we refer them right. to a license. I'm sure that's mm-hmm. pretty common too. Yeah. Yes, yes. Sure. And they have to be willing to right to do to, that work to to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're they're at comfort level here because maybe in their past they've been through counseling. And sometimes they, you know, they're just not ready to that do that That doesn't always again. end real well, yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, the, uh, another positive thing about it is, about this ministry, is that we're able uh, to offer them continued uh, friendship instead mm-hmm. of the relationship of a minister, care receiver. We have, um, you can close, you know, we wrap it up. But we can also offer them, if you need me, I'm here for you. Um, and so I have these friends now that... Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. That is. That's yeah. really... It's that's really, really, really... It's good for them. It's good for me. Right. And, and and so they'll call and say, are you going to be in church? I'd like to see you. I want to talk to you for a little bit. So they still... Some of them still want that little connection. Yeah. To just be able to, to say... Um, a, a, a praise report about yeah, yeah. giving you know, their life. Mm-hmm. So um, we could do a whole. Another, yeah, <laughs> I'm like going. I want to do more on that. But so what I we will. So um, what we wanted to do today was to really talk about the holidays, the spiritual, the religious holidays mm-hmm. that the whole world, or at least the my US, whole yeah. world. <laughs> a lot of the U.S. celebrate. A lot of the United States celebrates. Yeah. Um, Easter's coming, and so, you know, when I was a kid, I was just telling um, Cameron and, and um, Vanessa and Katie that my mom made dresses, and we all paraded into church, and then we would go to a family dinner and hunt eggs and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, then something happened, some conflict between my dad and the church, and we stopped going to church. But we still did ev- all the other stuff, but we didn't go to church. And so the spiritual aspect of Easter sort of dropped off. And yeah. I don't remember even, like, looking at it until maybe high school again and going, like, well, what, you know. Yeah. So what about you? What's your experience so with this holiday? we celebrate a lot of the Easter stuff in, like, the egg hunt and you know, the Easter Bunny and that kind of thing. And my family, my immediate family, they're not really religious, but my grandmother and grandfather, they were religious. And so I think they kind of um, took that on from them, but they didn't really teach us a lot of the spiritual aspect of Easter. Mm -hmm. And so, and even today, now, it's not really involved in how we celebrate. It's just... The gathering of it's our a family, family gathering. we hang mm-hmm. out, we eat, you know, the kids get to go play, they get a little gift, and they do like an Easter egg hunt, and then that's, you know, we call it a day. So, but whenever we would do that, I always be like, what's the point of all this? I don't get it. You know, like, why are we doing that? And then, you know, my grandma would talk a little bit about like, you know, why and mm-hmm. that kind of thing, but I still just didn't understand the whole connection between the egg and Easter bunny thing and then <laughs> there, there is no I know there is, yes. I know there is no, <laughs> yeah yeah but it's just funny how like yeah that's what we end up doing and well yeah. there, there I don't know if I can jump in but yeah, jump in, there's a very long history of, of of why there's the Easter bunny and the basket and the egg hunting and yeah and actually Easter is not the only 
even mainstream religious holiday at this time. Passover mm-hmm. is a, the Jewish mm-hmm. holiday of Passover. It happens at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, and biblically and historically, those two events are connected. So mm. in, in the scriptural story of Easter, you know, the, the Doesn't um, apostles... Doesn't Passover happen first? Yeah, yeah they were gathered mm-hmm. for the Passover dinner, right? right? In the mm-hmm. upper room. Like, that's it was all happening at the same time. So when Christ was... Um, arrested and tried and so we're all it's all connected right it's all um however it it goes back even further than that to pagan ritual of springtime right Right. so the the springtime you know fertility rites and all that so that's where the bunny and the egg and that's where that all comes from yeah sort of like northern european pagan Mm -hmm. ritual basically right um and as far as the religious calendar or the Christian calendar, both Christmas and Easter were put at the time that they were put in order to usurp the pagan rituals that were happening at this at that time. So, I mean, maybe you'll have a historical or a religious PhD write to you and tell you that I'm completely wrong, but I'm fairly confident that... So when Const- Constantine, the Emperor Constantine, made Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire... He then sort of remade the existing cultural um, holidays mm-hmm. that had been Roman pagan to Christian ones. Mm-hmm. So, you know, celebrating the birth of Christ is fine whenever Christ could have been born in April. We right. don't, we don't. He could have been born in August. We don't, yeah. Right. So, but those two, you know, those two major holidays being Christmas and being Easter were patterned after what was already happening in the pagan Mm -hmm. culture, right? Yeah. So there's deep historical roots and reasons for why this time of year we celebrate. The religious, the Christian religious story around Easter has nothing to do with bunnies and eggplants at all. Yeah. Like, it's quite dark, right? Right. Until Easter day. Until the resurrection, right? Which is what Christianity is based on, is the belief that Christ rose, you know, supernaturally from the grave to a living human body like that's a kind of a big deal right right? which comes around this spring renewal rebirth yeah the resurrection of the crop cycle like all of that so it's all connected a lot of blooming yes the whole idea of blooming right Mm -hmm. so so it's not just christianity at all by any stretch right like there's something in our western civilization the pattern of which we live our lives that even if we're three generations removed from like Christian practice, even or Jew- Jewish practice, here it comes spring and we get the bunnies at CVS. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, whether yeah. you like it or not, <laughs> right? You know, you're gonna see it. It's so there. It's that there. stuff fascinates me. Like all of those like braided together. Um, well, that, and that is the whole point of this is because it does me too, and yeah, yeah. that in that braiding together that there, I think that there are remnants of the purity of whatever those different threads are that come together Mm -hmm. um and i do think that there's like um there's also this justification that goes with the um the blending of it Mm -hmm. and the and the braiding of it which is very indicative of our culture the the culture that i was raised in which is you know the very anglo mm-hmm. you know dominant that whole part yeah, of yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. that we just do what we want and make sure. it okay you yeah. know and um not follow ritual yeah. not, you know i mean i think it is okay I, I mean i think i'm a big proponent of like doing what works for you and 
you know, I think it's beautiful when you said your dad had a fight with a minister. I just like cringe because I have seen that happen so many times and it's so heartbreaking. But I think it's kind of beautiful that your family continued to recognize and celebrate. You know, right. a lot of families like pull the plug. Yeah, that's it. No you more. You know, and that's really hard for kids. Um, <laughs> it's hard on them, yeah. you know. It's confusing. Um, I remember, though, being confused yeah. and wanting to go to church. I liked that yeah. whole congregation yes. thing and the community there. And I felt kind of bummed and that my sure. mom didn't have the guts to sort of, like, keep going and... You know, it seemed like a lot of the stuff my dad was separate from us, and then we would, you know, but, you know, it's it's what it is, you yeah. know, so. So what do you do for Easter? Do you so celebrate, I, or? I, I mean, I married into um, a wonderful, wonderful Southern Texan Protestant Christian family. Um, when I, so a lot of my story is that I was born to a Jewish father and a lapsed Catholic mother and was obsessed with religion all of my life, like wanted in, but was not like Jewish enough for this community and not uh-huh. definitely not Christian enough for this community, though the Christians in my town thought I was Jewish. Like it was just very, yeah. but I just wanted to be accepted by some tribe. So that's kind of my, the beginning of my like, you know, pathway into religion. I became a Christian in my 20s. I had like a crazy come to Jesus experience and was baptized on the beach at Coney Island at 27. (laughs) Moved to Houston from New York, like just went, dove straight into evangelical Christianity and then sort of over 15 years waited my way out. Um, That's its own story. But I, my work today, I'm an Episcopal um, minister. I do music ministry in Episcopal church. So, which I love and which has really allowed me a way back into Christian practice that isn't as sort of dogmatic as a lot of evangelicalism. I love the ritual. I love the liturgy. Um, So we're a liturgical church and I do a right to uh, Episcopal service. And I love it. It's like kind of what I always wanted all my my life. Like I was that weird kid that just wanted to go to church or synagogue or whatever. so I definitely celebrate Easter, um, and my husband's family are so incredible with the holidays, and I didn't have that as a kid. I didn't mm-hmm. have that growing up. You know, and even though, like, you know, my daughter is like, okay, I guess we got to... I mean, she loves it. I mean, it's just, you know, even the Easter egg hunt and the dinner and the whole thing, and, like, I, I love that. I cherish that. Um, but there is the obligation, and we have right. to go. I think everyone's we have family, to dress. And, yeah. yeah. But then you get, you know, to me, I'm like, this is what I always wanted. Like, I just love it. Um, maybe I'm a big nerd. I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> I, I love it, and I appreciate it. And, and I just think, you know, the, the times that we can do that is so fleeting. In it terms is. of, like, everyone's health and it is, availability yeah. and stuff. Yes, so, yes. so I appreciate it. Yeah. And I'm still, you know, obviously very involved in the religious practice of Easter. I mean, I'm doing an Easter service next week. I'll do a Palm Sunday service tomorrow night. Um, and I, lo- I love it. I think it's amazing. And I, and I don't really think like what I believe at every minute about the actual provable veracity of every section of this story really matters, which makes me an unusual Christian person. Um, like I'm okay with I think people should come and practice if they want to come and practice. Like, it's kind of not really my business what everyone believes at every second of every day. Um, I I would love to see Christianity more open in that way um, and inviting. And, you know, I'll let you talk in just one second. But I do want to say, though, that, you know, maybe you're an odd Christian that you think. But I would venture to guess that there's a lot more people like you who have those, who buy into 
Yeah. Whatever percentage of it, sure. but not the 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Katie, well, we sure. had a question sure, yeah. uh-huh. for you. Um, so, growing up, which church did you go to? None. No church. Oh, no, oh, nor oh, synagogue. Okay. So, I would go, because I grew up in a town that was like literally half Jewish, half Catholic. I would go, like if I had a sleepover with a friend on a Friday night, I would go to shul with my best friend on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Or occasionally I would go with a friend to the Catholic church. But, like, you can't take communion, as you know, if, mm-hmm. or most of us know, if you're not a Catholic. So it was a little bit, both situations were a little bit complicated because they knew, like, the past, the priest or the rabbi knew that I wasn't legitimately of mm-hmm. either faith. So I was So you little, can't have this wafer. No, I, I actually got, I, li- I literally sort of got, like, a wrap on the hand, um, like, to, in both situations, but... So I didn't have it from my own family, but I would go with friends, and I was just, like, fascinated by it and loved it. So There is so much strength in any ritual. You know, getting up in the morning and making coffee, there is strength in that. It provides a stability yeah. and sameness, uh-huh. and, um, you know, we do need it. But I wanted to ask you, like, I know on those holidays, because I live down the street from you, that there's a whole bunch of people down at your pad... <laughs> <laughs> there's cars and sometimes there's people out playing football so tell yeah. me what you guys do well, what your all, ritual is on well, Easter first of all I wanted to go back to my upbringing mm-hmm. my upbringing was a Southern Baptist and um, so we did what you did Elizabeth we got dressed in those little Easter outfits and went to church and we're all dressed up um, enjoying church Sunday school but there was one very significant thing in my upbringing and that was my mother uh, made sure we knew there was one God one God so she respected all the other religions and even though we were uh, Southern Baptist, you know, you don't do this, you don't do that, you don't do all these things, like dance mm-hmm. and etc. Mm-hmm. She was open at home with embracing all the Catholics that lived around us. We were the, you know, isolated. These call us hallelujahs, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> the rest of them were all, all Catholic. Uh, but but. Ironically enough, she would allow the nuns back then that used to walk the streets to, you know, try to get the kids to learn about Jesus. Um, she'd say they needed a place to hold the summer classes. My mother would say, here, you can do it here. So we'd have the, the Catholic uh, little classes there, and she was just so into it. Um, we would go to the African-American churches and she exposed us to that. She took us to Pentecostal churches mm-hmm. because she was invited. Mm-hmm. So I think my mother was uh, a missionary type. Was that here, Katie? Here, here, here in Houston. Uh-huh. Okay. And so we went to, to um, the Baptist church. That's what we practiced. But at home she always said, there's nothing wrong with this and there's nothing wrong with that as long as your heart and your mind is in the right place. So that was that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, continued our 
well, backing up, my mother died when we were teenagers, so there was a time there that was um, transition. We, the rest of the years, we were only with my father, and he was uh, Catholic, but he didn't go to church Catholic. He would just say, don't forget what your mom told you, you go to the Baptist church or whatever church, just go. My mother did tell us um, before she passed away that we were reared in the Baptist church, but that when we became old enough for us to make our own decision. So that was that was a good thing. My sister and her family uh, went on to the Methodist church. Uh, one of my brothers became a Catholic. Uh, another one, non-denominational but of course because we're reared to embrace all religions you know we'd visit with her that's how I met you mm -hmm. I was visiting the St. Mark's mm -hmm. and like you uh, Cameron I like that structure of it's so um, to me you really get centered when you go attend a church at these times of Easter, Christmas, and all, because it's, well, very spiritual. You set time aside, it's, it's a real focus, and so I go, I, even though I do attend a non-denominational church, I'm very active in, 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 in my church, uh, during these times, you'll see me there at St. Mark's. Uh, getting ready for um, Lenten season. I was there. I'll go and I'll do the religious type of, uh, you know, dedication for this this time. That's what I've been doing uh, <laughs> uh, for the forty days, mm -hmm. forty nights. And, and and people, I know a lot of people. They give up something to eat, sweets and all. But I I practice. I, I don't think I have a, a, such an issue with intake. I think it's more of uh, other things that in my life, like right now, I am abstaining from the the news. Mm -hmm. mm. That's a uh, very spiritual a practice. Of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you have to, you have to. Um, really have that one-to-one -one with yourself mm -hmm. to see what it is it, that sort is of separating you from your spiritual life well it, I know it, it's a combination of, of during these 40 40 days of you know what is it that occupies your time that's how I see it yeah yeah yeah. What, not so much what That's I eat or don't eat or yeah. right. what I'm yeah. overdoing I mean, there. You know, the, it's so interesting because I did a talk on, a Lenten talk for, we do a, every Wednesday mm -hmm. during Lent, we do like a speaker and a thing and I had to do a talk. And the the idea of the sweets, you know, mm -hmm. like abstaining from sweets or abstaining from coffee, you know, the idea with that is that when you deny your body something that mm -hmm. it's used to taking in, mm -hmm. your body reacts like yes. you notice mm -hmm. your body mm -hmm. yeah, yeah that's right. called withdrawal right exactly. 
that is. Yeah. So, so the practice of with you know mm-hmm. putting your body in a state of withdrawal so that you notice we notice our bodies mm-hmm. is meant to remind us of Christ's body, right? Yes. Because yes. you know through Lent, you know religious Christians practice the you know the idea of trying to understand Christ's journey through right. you know the temptation the all of it you know and so and that that's one of the beautiful things about catholicism is how incarnational it is and how bodily it is right mm-hmm. um, but i've seen as like my experience in christianity has all been protestant protestants take this lenten you know idea and use it in different things like what is it that is rather than necessarily just putting your body into an awakened state, but what is it that is distracting me from exactly. God, my, you know, whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. whatever it is. And I mean, the news would definitely do that. Would definitely, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah that's no, great. That might sound strange, but no, I'm no, like no. one of those that, hey, seven o'clock in the morning, if not earlier, yeah. what's going on? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the afternoon, uh, uh, I love world news. What's going right. on out there? But I, this is the first time I, I've yeah. done this. Yeah, yeah. Did you put something in its place? Well, yes. I I do have you know a Linton uh, book to go through every uh-huh. single day, and so I meditate more in the Word. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of seven o'clock, well, it's even earlier than that <laughs> that I'm watching the news. Um, I'm actually praying more, meditating more, and uh, reaching out to others more. Mm, that's a better use of your time. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Will you? Yes. Will you go back to the news after Easter? I I, I believe there's going to be a transformation in my life. It's it's happening. So I don't believe that I will go back like I did mm-hmm. certain things I, I do need to hear about and know about like we all do but I'm right I'm not gonna that's good mm-hmm. that's awesome. yeah mm-hmm. and that's the, the one of the benefits of abstaining Absolutely. from anything mm-hmm. it's like you mm-hmm. I feel so much better without it you know yeah. exactly. and, and I'm more focused on having a balance uh, life, also in in the food, the all of that. I'm just mm-hmm. I, I find myself that I'm just more balanced uh, person, and maybe I have maybe I eat too much bread, but hey, I'm not eating that much bread right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it has, but it it has brought me into one to one with 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 the Lord. So what do you want for your families to carry on from this, both of you? What what gift do you want if you're going to, you know, because we do, my family moved here, it was about a year ago, um, from Southern California. Samantha and I spent most of our Easter's here alone and um, kind of trying to figure out what were we we were going to do. Mm-hmm. And um, so last year we all went to my son's house and we will go there again this year. And um, I just wonder like, what, what do you want to give to your families? And like my families are going to be just like eating and eggs and mm-hmm. you know, the whole, that whole pagan rich, they're not going to be into mm-hmm. the <laughs> Christ church. and the church and all yeah. of that. And maybe later, I don't know. I mean, I know when most people, if they go through a struggle or something, they'll, 
go back to the church, but they're not mm-hmm. there now. So what what do you want to well, give to your family? Traditionally, we keep the tradition that my mother, uh, the path that she set us out on. And so we will have the, we'll go to church and we all go to different churches. Um, but we do, as far as my immediate family, I always um, remind them that it is about the resurrection. And they they know it. I, I have communion for them at home because they, they don't, some of them don't go to church, but they can do it there. <laughs> and so I have, I have uh, communion that I serve them and that I teach them at home and, and they receive it because they were reared in the church. They were raised in the church. They know about the Lord. So I have faith and trust and believe that um, everybody has, they come to Jesus day in their life and God already has that plan in store for them and that time for them. And he knows what we don't know. So I, I just believe and trust that it will happen for them and, and they will be on the path with, with God. Do you try to get them to go to church? Uh, I sometimes um, I do. I, I don't force them. But you're like, come to church with me. Well, it's like they may be going through something, and I say, you need to pray about it. And and we pray, and just like I pray with you, I pray with them. Their ages. My daughter's forty something. The other ones are 20, the grandchildren are 20-something and 18, and um, we have one-to-ones. They will come to me and just say, please pray for this or that or whatever, Mm -hmm. or friends or issues. Whatever they've got going on. Whatever they have going on, and, you know, it starts at home, so. (coughs) What do you want for your family? Um, you know, it's really complicated for me. That's a really good question and one that has kind of come up in the last year because, so I've been a minister, I've been a music minister for, since 2005, full time, since 2005. And, um, my daughter has been, you know, you know, carted around to every church that I've worked for, which has been several. And, has transitioned in and out of all of these communities. Um, mm-hmm. That's the nature of ministry work. Yeah, you move life. around a lot. And, um, mm-hmm. and so, you know, what I always wanted as a kid was to be a part of a community, and that's a big driving force of me becoming a Christian at all. But, like, my daughter's life experience is very different in that she's been, you know, sitting in the back of a church in a within a coloring book like her whole life and she's now 12. And so because my schedule is different now that we're not doing a morning service, we do an evening service and she's been she goes to her grandparents. So she so many weekends we were doing just ready for this. Okay. We were doing it was like a mat, it was like a t it was like a movie theater schedule. We were doing Saturday night like a 9, 11, a 1 and a five on Sunday. Wow. So it was like insane amount of hours that we Mm -hmm. were. And so my kid, you know, is chart, you know, carted back and forth to grandparents or 
friends or a babysitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were there were Halloween nights that I was working because it was an evening service, right, and yeah. I'm, I have to you know cart her off to a friend to go trick or treating with. So, like it's it's definitely been a different experience for her. And when she has the choice, she does not go to church at all. Like she's not like I want to go, you know. Right. Um. And so it's it's we're kind of in just in that place where you know I want her to feel that she can choose what works for her. Mm-hmm. I, I also feel like because of how much exposure she's had to Christianity and Christian practice that she, I hope, feels that she could walk into that space and feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, she knows it kind of well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I absolutely do not pressure her. We don't pressure her in any way. Um, she and I started about six years ago praying the prayer of St. Francis every night together. Was it six years ago? So she's 12. Yeah, I think it was about six years ago. Um, which is not an, a Protestant, it's not an often used in Protestant circles, Prayer of St. Francis. And I found it because I was reading a Catholic author, and she does did this in her memoir. She did this with her young son, and while she was getting sober, actually. And I just, it just struck me as so beautiful. And I was really concerned that my daughter wasn't getting, like, anything of substance. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she was in child you know children's church or child care or whatever right so we started doing this practice and we kind of dip in and out of it now she's like a little too cool for praying with mom at night but um you know my hope is just that she would feel enough comfort with what I've shown her to choose it or or not to choose it you know um I don't have a lot of I you know I don't think that people who don't choose Christianity are going to hell I don't believe any of that so I don't feel peril about her you know I, I, I'm like this kid has been in church so much but even if that is true like I'm pretty sure she's covered yeah. you know, she's covered, <laughs> you know like well, so yeah she's there it's osmosis yes it is yeah 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 I mean I you know I want her to feel like she can choose or not choose it you know based on what but yeah she probably knows more than most people right, about yeah, sure. you know about Christianity so you know but as far as like the, the Easter dinner and the, the like I love that so much and my mother-in-law like is the champion every year and like is it ham and oh yeah yeah, yeah okay. you know or sometimes lamb I mean which mm-hmm. I think is actually totally bizarre to eat lamb on Easter because the lamb of God like, yes weird and it was like this whole like, <laughs> right you the know blood, the lamb the no blood, truly you know, like, like you know but like that's a part of the tradition too I mean, right so um so, you know, like, I hope to be able to continue that, you know, God forbid the day should come that, you know, my mother-in-law is not there to, like, steer the ship, um, because it means so much to me, and, you know, I hope my daughter will take that on as well, but if she doesn't, it's okay, I mean, but I just do think it really, it's just like a thing that brings families together, yeah, and I think that's really does. beautiful. And that is, you know, even in itself, that is, you know, I was thinking while you guys were both talking that... You know, for me, I really just want my family to love each other and to show mm-hmm. that yes. love. Yes. Because I do think that that is, you know, my spirituality is love. Mm-hmm. You know, feeling it, experiencing it, myself, knowing that it's inside of me. Yeah. But I want to, what do you guys... That's the same for us. I think it's just an opportunity to get together and enjoy each other and be present with family. We do talk about the whole, like, renewal and the, the pagan stuff uh-huh. part of it. Just because yeah. I think it's a good um, thing to... To know and understand, and the symbolism of like you know, it's 
time of renewal and just to let them kind of marinate in that a little bit. Um, but yeah, mostly it's just to enjoy each other and celebrate and that kind of thing. The love of the Lord. It is, it is. And that's what love is. It's, mm-hmm. it's just this spiritual sensation that we have towards each other and in our families. And it changes its intensity with you know how we care or know somebody. The more we mm-hmm. know them, the more intense the feeling is. So my wish for you, dear listener, is that no matter where you are in your spiritual walk, is that you do experience love this Easter mm-hmm. and can share it and feel it, let others know. Any last words from anyone? Make sure to look up the Ish podcast. Please. Where book. can they find you, Cameron? So the Ish is on all the podcast uh, platforms, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, Sketcher, iTunes, Spotify, all those places. It's if they the wanted ish. to email you or find your book. Yeah, so my book is on Amazon. Um, it's available for pre-order. It's coming out in October. Um but you can find me on at CameronDeason.com or I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter. And we'll spell that when we, we, yeah. uh, when we do our promo for the, yeah. for the podcast. Well, thank you, ladies, both yeah. of you. Thank, thank you. For having me. Thank, thank, you. thank you for coming. Happy Easter. Happy, and Easter. happy Easter. And happy Passover. Yeah.